Hey, dear listener, do you enjoy listening to us ramble incoherently about Canadian politics and history? Boy, do we have a special fucking treat for you. We've got our first ever official live show at a bar. It's at Two Crows Brewing on uh, Brunswick Street in Halifax on Sunday, May the 26th at 8 p.m. And uh, if you go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, if you look at the banner at the top, it will take you to the tickets so that you can uh, book a ticket and come and spend some quality time. It is going to be a very intimate affair. There are like only about 50 tickets available. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to drink a lot. We're going to quiz. Reese is going to quiz me at the end, but he's also going to quiz the audience and see if they know more than I do. And any alcohol you buy, Reese and I, we promise to drink it no matter how much it is. If you want to hold our hair while we barf in the plants outside of the bar, we'll do that for you. So go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, click the banner at the top, and on Sunday, May the 26th at Two Crows Brewing on Brunswick Street, we will see you there. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. special season of spy stories in celebration of Canada Day 2021. Join us for 10 daily episodes as we explore the world of espionage in Canada. Season starts July 1st. Welcome to Canadian Politics is Boring! Welcome to another thirst-quenching episode of Canadian Politics is Boring. My name is Jesse, and with me, as always, is my good buddy, Reese. Hello, Reese. How are you Hello. doing? I am so hot. I mean, yeah. that is in temperature, <laughs> not, I'm not bigging myself up in terms of my physical appearance. Okay, I was going to say, because yeah, I so do like to do that. Yeah, <laughs> just warm, <laughs> sweaty hot, unattractively sweaty hot. I am also unattractively sweaty hot. I just went for like a good two-hour walk. Uh, in the park, and it was well, it was lovely. It was lovely, but now that I'm back inside with no windows, why did I not grow? Do you live? You live in a room with no windows. I live in a room with no windows. Yep, no nice. openable, openable. Even the defum bunker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh good. Uh, it, it sucks. I, I keep I, I keep looking at the I keep looking at the weather report for rain, and it's like, yeah, we're gonna have this huge downpour tomorrow, and then like, but tomorrow comes and it's nothing. It's just no, like it's just. Do you know? I nobody told me. 
I was fully prepared for the cold moving to Canada. Nobody told me about the heat. I had no idea I ever got this hot in Canada. Um, it was a big surprise. I was in uh, two different places in Canada. So Toronto, they had a heat wave and it was plus 50 degrees Celsius. See, that doesn't, you don't need that. So it's excessive. Why would they do it? <laughs> you don't yeah, need so we'll it to, to be the hot. You're right. We should write a strongly worded yeah. letter to the Toronto mayor. Doug Ford. There you go. And say, yeah. please turn down the heat. The Lord of Ontario, dear yeah. Doug Ford, Lord of Ontario. Uh, this, there's no need for this. Don't just just stop it. And we don't even have to say the weather. We'll just say that. Just stop it. Yeah, just, <laughs> just stop. It. <laughs> well, it's no, no, up to him to read between the lines. It's nuanced. The, <laughs> so. the worst, the worst weather was Calgary by far. Calgary is the most fucked up weather I've ever seen in my life. Um, was it, was it too hot for you? Or? Too cold. Minus fifty. Minus. See, I, I, I can deal with that because you can deal with minus fifty. Yeah, because because as long as you got the right gear, you can. Oh just, my God, when, when it's the... cold, you can just put more layers on. When it's hot, I mean, you can't. You, like, ever, you can't peel. You, your, you can't shed your skin or peel I, it off with like yeah, a I, would potato. You say paper. that now, but have you ever been in minus fifty weather? Um, I've been like close to minus forty, um, and as long so as so like it, minus thirty seven. Yeah. There's a yeah, another add another negative thirteen degrees to that. I'm telling you, it makes a difference. <laughs> Trust I think, me. <laughs> I think if if I didn't have the right gear, then yes, it would be horrible. But if I had like a decent coat and you know super warm chunky, you can't let and... any skin touch the air. None, zero. <laughs> like... That's my rule anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Our eyelids were freezing shut. Spit was fro- freezing and clunking along the ground before. Like it was not. Why were you spitting? We were just walking around spitting. That's what I, I mean. What are you, like 15? That's just the culture in Calgary. That's all. That's, yeah. <laughs> You're chewing tobacco. Just, yeah, just walk The tobacco froze in your mouths. So our, our our small talk has dried up to the point where now we just have to talk about the weather. That's it. That's, <laughs> that's kind of sad. Yeah, only because only because it's... So I, I tried my swimming pool up for the first time and... Um, the swimming I, pool that you yourself made? I didn't make it. I got out of a box and assembled it. Which isn't the you, same I as me. I thought you dug a hole. No, I didn't dig a hole. What? So I thought you dug a. I thought. I swear to God, you were telling no. me about like, hey, I'm building. I'm building a pool in the backyard for my kids now. Blah blah blah. I was like from, from. I got it from a store that I probably won't mention, but it rhymes with Schneidian Schmeyer. Um, <laughs> and I got a pool from there, and it was great because it was it was cheap, but it's quite big. And we, <laughs> my man came with a big tanker and he filled it with water. It was great. And except I went in there and I got eaten alive by mosquitoes. Oh shit! And one of them stung me inside my belly button, <laughs> which has never happened before. I can't say it's happened to me either. But <laughs> my innie is now an outie. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! No no! Okay, let's move on from that. Yeah. Let's Do you want to find out about what this episode's about? Sure. Anything to stop thinking about your innie outie <laughs> belly button. Thank you, Reese, for that image. Uh. I can just picture you walking around shirtless, just shoving your finger in your belly button all the time because it's itchy. You won't go back yeah. in. <laughs> just holding a cube of ice against it. <laughs> anyway, enough about my. Uh, oh my God, you're any Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> enough about my enlarged belly button. Right, so. <laughs> Uh, I got a question for you, Jesse. Have, do you know what the Northwest Passage is? I think I've heard of it, actually. So this it's, episode is all about the Northwest Passage. Northwest Passage. Isn't that... Let me see if I can get this right. Isn't that... Are you the, Googling it? Or are you no, thinking? I'm trying to... I'm thinking. Is, is the Northwest Passage, passage the a set of rivers and canals 
which ships can take from the Atlantic Ocean all the way to the Great Lakes? Mm, you're close. Am I close? Okay. You're close. It's kind right. of not that, but it is. <laughs> is it not that at all? It is, it, it <laughs> like is a passage through the Northwest. Very funny. So, <laughs> so it's, it, it's a sea route between the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans through the Arctic Ocean. So oh, it's about, it's about okay. 900 miles from the North Atlantic uh, of North of uh, Wait, well, basically, the North Atlantic of Baffin Island in Canada to the Beaufort Sea north of uh, Alaska. Do people still take that to this day? Well, that, that's the thing is they they couldn't, but now they can. Um, so it's located. They just don't entirely, want to. <laughs> it's just located entirely within the the Arctic Circle. So oh it's always been like a really dangerous journey with like huge icebergs uh, that could like some were measured up to three hundred feet tall. Um, and also giant masses of kind of sea ice that would shift and trap ships in between them for like months. Uh, so it was really dangerous. Cool. Okay. Now, and I, when I was recently... What, what does this have to do with politics? Well, we'll get to it. Okay. Stop. Yeah. stop. <laughs> God. <laughs> it all tie up nicely in the end in a neat little bow. So, um, <laughs> so was all, what I wanted to say, first of all, was that the Northwest Passage, it's... Oh, it, it, when you look at the history, it's like, oh, it was discovered by Vikings or whatever, but it wasn't. It was it was explored by Inuit uh, people, uh, and there are right about sixty five thousand Canadian um, Inuits in about fifty three communities that live all along the the edge of the Northwest Passage. So currently, yeah, currently, yes, there's communities and people who've been living there for a long time, and they were the first people to explore the Arctic. So um, they kind of they did it before everybody else had boats and all the other modern icebreaker ships they just did it anyway and they they, they were like i like it here and they stayed there why and they're still there now anyone why people would like it there i don't i don't <laughs> get it i don't i don't well, like probably much hassle that's probably the nice thing about it <laughs> not a lot of door-to-door salesmen no no exactly right, yeah <laughs> so but so what happened was did I, um, did I tell you about did i did i mention on our show about like the, the eyeballs no. yeah i did too okay yeah no but, you didn't i don't remember it what a funny anecdote <laughs> I don't remember it. That was interesting. <laughs> For those of you listening, you just have to search through our previous episodes no. to know what that reference was. <laughs> it's a good excuse to go back to episode one and work your way through again. Yes, yeah, so well, seal eyeballs. That's yeah, the only, yeah. that's it. That's all I'll say. Okay. Pause now and visit episode 13. Is it 13? So, I don't think it's 13. No, I don't know. Just, You're just, just making that up, yeah? I'm making that up, yeah. <laughs> so, so basically the... <laughs> The Inuit communities and like other First Nation groups kind of live in northern Canada, northern Greenland, and northern Alaska, and they were kind of like left alone, and they had their kind of like cool um, kind of societies they built there, and, and kind of like living off the you know really extreme landscape, really impressive kind of community that and culture that developed there, having their sea eyeball barbecues for the yeah community. exactly yeah good exactly. stuff yeah so that all changed because of uh, Europeans. Um, so what happened was the 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 Ottoman Empire, um, which what is, was what is fam- famous for inventing chairs. Uh, the Ottoman- <laughs> <laughs> you were waiting on that joke, weren't you? I wasn't. No, this is part of my head. So the the Ottoman Empire was uh, kind of ended just after World War One, uh, and it was. It, I'm just googled it now. So in the 14th century. <laughs> so it okay. was founded in the just at the end of the uh, 13th century. And it was kind of uh, it covered a lot of the Middle East um, and North uh, North Africa, the Middle East, and the Mediterranean, like around Greece. So it was uh, a large a large empire that uh, dissolved in 1922. 
Okay. So, but obviously, they they had blocked all of the major overland routes between Europe and Asia in the 15th century. So they Europeans blocked were, them. What do you mean they blocked them? Well, they they controlled the land, so they were stopping European powers from trading across Asia. Oh wow! So European powers. That's when they started to kind of send ships around and trade because they they were. Um, essentially having to start to look other places because the traditional routes of, of how they traded were being cut off. So one of the routes they thought they'd explore was whether there was a passage through the northern waters above Canada. And obviously they had no scientific knowledge or really good maps or they didn't even have a GPS or anything like that. I wasn't, I don't know if you knew that. This is the, <laughs> this is the, Ottoman, the Ottoman Empire looking for other routes. No, no, this is you know, the European powers. Looking uh, for other routes because the Ottoman Empire had yeah, they blocked, had them. Stopped, blocked them from... No, you're speech. not going this way. So, and, and, <laughs> is, that, and like, is that what they said? Yeah. Just, and, yeah they just no. stood on top of their ship and yelled? Yeah, go away. No, you're not going <laughs> just, this way? Okay. Just sternly <laughs> just said go away. <laughs> um, but like their, their understanding of, of the ice-cold waters were a bit off. Apparently, most people believed that seawater was incapable of freezing. Um, and you know, I never saw fro- seawater frozen until I moved to Canada. Really? Yeah. Never seen an iceberg? No. Why would it? They would don't. They don't get icebergs in Wales. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to get icebergs in Nova Scotia either. So I had to yeah, move to Newfoundland to see them. Yeah, they're, they're pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, unless unless you're a large uh, ocean liner in the uh, at the beginning of the 20th century, they, one of my one of my first cool. um, one of my first experiences with icebergs was living. I lived in Bonavista, Newfoundland, when I was a teenager, and polar bears would get stuck on uh, on ice drifts little icebergs and they they'd you know flow in the current and uh, they'd just be stuck there in the middle of the ocean and, until the current kind of pulled them into the shore of Bonavista Bay and this didn't happen a lot maybe once or twice a year which i guess is a lot and then the, the ice would be like the polar bear would just kind of hop off the iceberg and start wandering the lands looking for food and you'd be driving to work or driving to school or whatever on the radio. There'd be the top 10 and 10. And the, the DJ would be like, all right, that was Atlantis Morissette with Ironic. Just let you guys know there's a polar bear on the loose and the SPCA is coming to pick it up. <laughs> Keep your pets inside, your children inside as well. All right, coming up next to the top 10 and 10. The I'm world's not largest land predator mammal or whatever it is. Yeah, seriously, just wandering the streets into like just the DJ online is letting you guys <laughs> know. Just keep your kids and pets inside. And like, until it's it's like a traffic with. thing. There's like a... Yeah, uh, no, uh, really. I've like it, we heard the 101 this. is blocked <laughs> for 15 miles and there's a polar bear walking up uh, the main street so, yes this happened that's amazing <laughs> what a place to live that's incredible so that was my experience with icebergs i didn't well when when i was young my, we heard that i was living in like with my mother and brother and we got so excited we're like oh my god let's go find the let's go find a polar bear and we hopped in the car and we drove all around the town of Bonavista trying to find this polar bear and we couldn't find it anywhere. And we're like, where is everybody? There's nobody out and about, right? We were so stunned. We didn't, we didn't realize like, this is a big deal. Get in your houses and wait for the polar bear to be taken care of. Do not go and look for it with your family. This is just not something. So anyway, we, we were fortunate. We didn't come across. The polar bear. <laughs> it sounds like a wonderful, but tragic children's book. <laughs> Depending on the ending. Yeah. Jesse, Jesse and the bear or something. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> So um, the uh, the explorers w- that were sent to look uh, for that Northwest Passage with no experience of uh, sea ice and navigating that water, no maps, um, they, they lots of they sent lots of kind of ex- 
exploration kind of parties for several centuries with not much returns and also tragic endings where they were never seen again. <laughs> Lots Jesus. of them. Ended. One of them. One of them in particular. And then this this was interesting because it kind of talks a bit about how um, how the European that kind of people at the time the explorers and the settlers how how little regard they had for for the people who were there um so so there was uh, uh an expedition led by sir john franklin in 1845 sir john franklin sir john franklin and he right. was a he was an a, an arctic veteran um and he was in command of two ships the hms terror and erebus um oh wait were, isn't there a television show called the terror that's about that ship um i haven't seen it but there might be watch it it's good it won't be as good as this podcast so right no, of course so yeah um <laughs> and they, they were kind of last seen in baffin bay and then both ships disappeared and were never seen a, a, again um and Jesus. the admiralty offered a reward of twenty thousand pound which today is just over two million pound which is you know three and a half million dollars canadian dollars yeah about that. um and to any party or parties of any country who shall render assistance to the crews of the discovery ships under the command of Sir John Franklin. Um, and what happened was a, a Hudson Bay fur trader named John Ray uh, was in the area and he was talking to some um, Anuk men um, and started asking them about expedition ships, if they'd seen any. Did, and you, say, did you say Anuk men or is that? Yeah, Inuit. Inuit, Inuit. Inuit men, yeah. So they... Um, they they actually had accounts of that what happened and so because they, they, have, an, they have an oral tradition that they, a lot of the stories have been passed down of what had happened right uh, 10 years before and had reached a few people so they 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 the Inuit they had told this uh, fur trapper uh, 10 years later that they'd met starving men and they'd given uh, they gave him some relics of things that they'd traded with those people to back the story up um, and they even said basically they'd found people frozen and some of them uh, frozen to death in the act of cooking their friends, uh, like an act of cannibalism. Ew! Oh my God. <laughs> so, so. You really uh, like these dark fucking stories, don't you? <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, listen to you giggle. You're, you're just having a ball I'm with this shit. your reaction, not the <laughs> act of eating another human. Uh-huh. Hey, Jesse, do you know what time it is? What time is it, Reese? Ad time. Yay! <laughs> no, let's get back after these uh, these important things. Ads. So he went back to London to tell them, and he was subjected to a smear campaign uh, initiated by Lady Jane Franklin, uh, and they, they, he was basically scandalized and was uh, taken <coughs> taken down by the press of the day. Um, and this is according to... Uh, to who who was this again? Uh, this was a fur trader called John Ray, and Ken McCougan, his biographer, basically talked about the fact that he went there going, hey, of course, I, I know what happened to them. And then because uh, there were stories of cannibalism and that they died right, of course, in that yeah. way, they were like, no! This is a lie. You might. I mean, like honestly, if if you were doing it for the money, and and I maybe maybe leave the cannibalism out of the story. Just like you know, oh, we found them. You know, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Looks like a polar bear ate them over a fire with a barbecue. Yep, that's what happened. Yeah, so I could see that. That's just, yeah. No, it's not as a hard truth. 
It's a hard, it's it's a hard, hard bone to swallow. swallow. Oh! oh. <laughs> anyway, oh, um, and uh, the, uh, they actually found the ships in 2014 and 2016. Um, and the, but the Inuit they found story, them when? 2014 and 2016. Because the Inuit stories have been marginalized for so long that nobody it's, took it. Even they were like, where are these ships? No one knows where they are. That's amazing. Yeah. But but the Inuit people from that area had been saying for years, we know where the ships are. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Nobody knows where the ships are. Um, so they did find them. <laughs> so uh, so archaeologists and a local historian called Louis uh, Kamukak, uh, who was poor, an expert the poor Inuit, in, man, who just I know. like, honest to God, they're just trying to, for like, what, a century? They're trying to I tell know. people to like, uh, like <laughs> they're over, the boats are over there. You know where they are. <laughs> oh, um, oh, oh, my. And it was actually located near a Inuit community. Sorry, uh, my, my timer uh, went off. That means my spinach puffs are done, Reese. Nice. Yeah, spinach puffs. Oh, buddy. And I'm very excited with this. My oven mitts on, my floral oven mitts. Yeah. <laughs> You're just having a snapshot of the domestic life of Jesse Harley. Okay. Ugh. Floral oven mitts and spinach <laughs> pops, fresh out of the oven. There we go. I'm back, baby. <laughs> There we go. Oh, those spinach puffs look good. Well, shall I, Karen, tell you the story? What do you eat and smell them? Yep. Yes, please. So, so the, the sunken wrecks were actually located near an Inuit community called Kajahaven. Kajahaven, sorry. Um, and the funny I thing just, is... I, I, don't, I don't know with you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, so this, it took like over 150 years for them to find the site. But in, in the meantime, during... But since then, in that within the 150 years, they sent expeditions that constantly got stuck and had to be rescued. So they sent rescue expeditions to find them, who then had to get rescued, who then had to get rescued. <laughs> so <laughs> the McClure expedition that kind of actually made it across the um, Northwest Passage. But they, what happened was they they gave up their ships and they did the rest on sleds. They didn't actually do it properly because oh, wow. they, they got stuck. But they spent three years uh, locked in ice on HMS Investigator, which was the name of the ship they sent to investigate. Which hold on, there was hold on. You're saying people survived for three years on a ship? Yeah, they they had supplies and everything for three years. Yeah, three years of supplies. It's great. You don't have three years of supplies. You've got three years. This, of no, you're no, you're. Paths? This is I, no, they did. They, hold they, on, they got three stuck in the ice, and they survived there for three years. Well, what they would do is... You just kind of glossed in. over that part, man. That's huge. They, they, what they'd do is they'd wait for um, the, the ice to melt in the summer. And if it didn't melt last summer, they'd have to wait till the next summer. I mean, think how many Marvel films were released while they were stuck in the ice. Um, so they, they, they abandoned the ship and, and made the escape across the ice. And then they were rescued by HMS Resolute, which later itself was also lost to ice. <laughs> so... <laughs> So it took him four years to get home, and he was he was knighted for and rewarded for for completing the passage on foot. And then, fifty years later, in nineteen oh six, the first time ever after all these hundred years of trying, Norwegian explorer Roald Amundsen uh, was the first person to do it. He had a crew on a small fishing ship called uh, Gujar, and uh, he reached Alaska's Pacific coast in nineteen oh six. It took him three years. Oh my god! As, as well. <laughs> Can you not talk your mouth for this <laughs> <I'm> really good. <laughs> oh, God. I'd rather just stay silent. It's better than that. Mm. But, um, 
So that's 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 like the kind of the early Northwest Passage story. But this this is where we're going to start getting the politics starts to come in because All right. have you have you heard of a thing called climate change? I am aware of it. Yes. Yeah, is where the climate changes. Although not everyone, not everyone agrees with that, which is so ridiculous. Yeah, not <laughs> we won't get agrees. into that though. That's that's yeah, yeah. But I mean, historically, the climate has always changed. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, you know, like dinosaurs, it was they had. You know, we've all seen Jurassic Park. They lived on a tropical island. Yeah, you know, all the, of them. The end. The end. <laughs> that's why you're very good at movie pitches. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Just saying. They live on a tropical island. Um, there's uh, frogs that somehow become dinosaurs, and they don't really explain it, but it's fine. <laughs> um, so in the summer of 2007, the route was entirely ice-free for the first time in recorded history. Oh, wow. Okay. And in 2010, two grey whales who were native to the Pacific Ocean were spotted in the Atlantic Ocean for the first time in 200 years. They'd, made, they'd swum across. Um. And in 2012, a record 30 ships crossed over the Northwest Passage, including a luxury cruise ship called Crystal Serenity. And this is all because of global warming. Like, there's enough Because ice, of global warming, yeah. They, they, didn't, they didn't just do it better than the, uh, you know, imagine if the cruise ship got stuck in the ice. They'd have to eat the buffet every day for three years. Oh, my God. That sounds great, yeah. actually. <laughs> just carved <laughs> be right melon that. statues and stuff. <laughs> um, but but to, to go on the Crystal Serenity, <laughs> in, tickets, tickets are somewhere between $20,000 and $150,000, and it takes you a month. Could you picture that? That'd be a story. $150,000 a ticket? Yeah, for it's a month-long trip. Just to freeze your ass off. No, thank you. No. Yeah. What? I'd make a show. They'd make a fun show. Where, like, what? Oh, the Crystal say, Cruises. The Crystal Cruises say, like, I don't know. They're, they No, we couldn't do it today because GPS and satellite phones and stuff like that. But it'd be fun. Yeah, they'd they rescue could, them. Yeah, they'd, yeah, it'd be fine. Yeah, so entitled people who can afford $150,000 cruise line tickets and take a month off work get stuck for three years in ice. I mean, if they could make that work, that'd be fun to watch. <laughs> fun to watch. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, this is where the politics is coming in now, though, Jesse. Oh, we bashed into an iceberg and our satellite phone and GPS and every single communication device on board is suddenly destroyed and they don't know where we are because we didn't well, tell them where we were going. <laughs> I got a better idea. What if there's a solar flare that wipes out all the communication satellites? Hmm. And they're in the Northwest Passage, and they lose all navigation. That's a way better story. It's so easy to write scripts. I don't want to struggle. <laughs> That's why I don't bother writing. Right. It's too easy for you. Yeah, it's just too easy. <laughs> Give me a real challenge. <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, it's getting political now because because now that that water is opening up and that's a very valuable um you know if you do things like the panama canal and the suez canal yeah they're like really important trade routes well a lot of this is i mean this is yeah all right so yeah i see where you're going with this yeah so ottawa considers the northwest passage to be canada's internal waters and that doesn't mean piss it just means that it's (laughs) within their borders um (laughs) but the united states has, has got a different approach is saying that it counts as an international strait so it's an area of high seas that connects two bodies of, of water, which is for do. peaceful use by vessel <laughs> from any state. And they actually, I mean, like they had icebreakers to break through um, uh, kind of modern, you know, modern ships can, can pass through it. So the uh, in 1969, they sent the SS Manhattan, a U.S. oil tanker with a uh, U.S. Coast Guard icebreaker. And they had a single uh, barrel of oil on there. 
um, just to prove a point, just to go, look, we can send oil tankers through the Northwest Passage. And it was just to just to say, yep, we can do what we want. Up, you know, up yours, Canada. And then they, ne- they negotiated an agreement on Arctic cooperation. Um, and they kind of agreed to disagree. They signed an agreement saying they disagreed. So no one disagreed that all of that land was Canadian before it opened up and became more accessible. And now suddenly it's not Canadian anymore is what they're saying. Yeah, no, when, when nobody wanted it, when it wasn't useful to them, whenever we went there to die, apart from the, the people who kind of learned to live there off, off kind of the, the landscape, um, they... Uh, they they weren't interested, but now that it was actually a highly profitable uh, trade route, potentially, then they're all over it. Right, of course. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And Denmark has laid down his own uh, marker as well. Oh, like Denmark. Denmark. Yeah, because of Greenland. Those Danes. Those freaking Danish. We have, like, I think we've got one, maybe two Danish listeners. Hi. Hello, by the way. Hi. Our Danish listeners. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Nice, to- nice to meet you. <laughs> Stay away from the Northwest Passage. Yeah, all it's I can ours. Say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and do you know a cool, a cool twist of fate here? Russia supports Canada's position on the Northwest Passage. So it considers, because <laughs> it wants similar control over their version of the Northwest Passage on the other side. Um, so they, they kind of, they go, yeah, I'm with, I'm with Canada on this because we want, this is like a mirror image of what we want. So, um, and the North Sea route that Canada, um, that Russia has, has, uh, it had, Roughly 29 million tons of shipments uh, passed through in um, 2019 and a 40% increase of, again, a 14% increase on the year before in 2018. And Vladimir Putin has set a target of 80 million tons of goods a year by 2024. And he tends to get what he wants. He so does, yeah. <clears throat> nobody, nobody will uh, imagine working for him. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. He's like, now, now, smash your own hand to pieces with this hammer. Yes, Vladimir. <laughs> um, Jesus. Anyway. Jesus. What, where did the, where, where's your imagination take you, man? Like, what? <laughs> I don't know. It used to be like with a KGB. God knows. Um, I just deal with so, the shoes. Why is he telling me? <laughs> I just clean the car. That's my job. <laughs> That's my car cleaning hand, Vladimir. So... <laughs> Um, so the Canadian government, I, uh, Jesse, you, I mean, you live on the Halifax Peninsula, um, most of the time, most of the time. And I drive across this road all the time and I see them being constructed in the shipyards. Um, but I don't imagine you've seen them, even though you live there, you, 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 you walk around with your eyes closed and blind to your surroundings in the world. Happily so. Mm-hmm. But the, have you seen the icebreakers they're building, the icebreaking warships for the Canadian Navy in, in the shipyards in Halifax? No. Okay, well, they've been building these massive icebreaking warships <laughs> just off the, just right, on the, right in the city where we live. And these are, these are two, this has some. So these are Harry DeWolf class uh, offshore patrol vessels that uh, are being built for the Royal Canadian Navy by the government. And the idea is that they can patrol the Arctic uh, warships that can break through the ice. Aha. Uh-huh. So Canada's getting so serious about it, it's spending uh, $3.5 billion to construct. Uh, and uh, they're going to build, I think there's six, six to eight ice-breaking warships. Oh, that's the contract that we had a number of years ago. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, right. That's You know the, the contract that is kind of like with billions and has transformed the economy of the city and gave us all these goddamn condos? Yeah, yeah. That's, 
I don't think they gave. I don't think they built condos no, to I'm go just, with the ships. I'm just, but, I'm just mad about the condos. <laughs> any, any chance I get to talk about it? It's <laughs> just a cor- correlation uh, isn't cause, so I think they just <laughs> happened at the same time. Sure. <laughs> um, so yeah, the idea is, is that their main purpose is to patrol the icy waters of Canada that are otherwise inaccessible. So, uh, what, what, so what are our plan here? To, is to like rent passageway to to people and like this is ours we can no, do this just 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 to be able to send warships up that can no but i mean like because if we patrol it often enough we can kind of claim it as ours yeah exactly right? no one's gonna mess because not many people have icebreaker warships right but like, a lot of the icebreakers are research vessels most of the why time why would we give why would we spend billions of dollars to prevent people from just kind of taking those routes like why would that affect us Unless we could make guess, money guess, from it somehow, but also there's don't forget there's 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 oil, there's gas, there's lots of stuff up there that people want. Oh yeah, right. Um, and you know, it, they I think they by, by having no presence up there, it's like wide open for someone else to go and go. Well, we're just going to park up here and start extracting some oil or whatever. Um, building so some condos some, with some Starbucks yeah, at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. As the ice melts and it becomes more politically important, it's like another Panama Canal essentially but above Canada and what that means for the people who live there and what that means for Canada and its friendships and neighbors is yet to be decided. Hmm. So there you go. Neat. And it was yeah. political. How about that? See, look at you, dude. I know. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm looking better at that. This is a show about politics. It's always been a show about <laughs> politics. Uh-huh. Why would it not be? <laughs> We gotta we gotta think of a better, more original, unique calls to action. Go to Instagram. Then go to Instagram. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, oh, if you haven't filled out our survey, oh, yeah, do the survey. We had some really nice comments. We had some on great the comments on the survey for sure. Oh, and just a just a oh, brief, actually, a brief, actually, brief, know, brief mentioning. Oh, brief mentioning. We did a contest a while back for people to uh, leave really nice uh, funny comments and and we picked some winners and sent our t-shirts those are still happening by the way if you're yeah yeah do you know t-shirt. what I, I, you won't believe this i picked up the t-shirts today oh you did oh what a coincidence all right cool yeah, yeah, yeah i yeah. did actually pick them up today so, so it was, just takes us forever to do anything some, <laughs> i was handwriting some nice letters and i'm gonna ship them out hand right really your handwriting yeah but my just so you know my handwriting is terrible <laughs> so if you can't read it then um yeah it's your fault so, yeah uh, and yeah, so um, go to Instagram, and if you if you're one of the people who left a review and then responded, and we set you up saying we're going to send you a T-shirt, then uh, just just sit by the door and wait. Yeah, patiently, um, any second. Yeah. And if you don't want, eat, if you don't drink, don't blink, <laughs> just wait. And also, if you're in the mood to do a, a neat little survey that'll help us out, go to our website, CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, and there's a little button there that'll send you to the survey. Great. Well, I'm going to go and do all those do all those things wonderful I things. I was yeah. do. I'm going to do all the yeah. things I said I was going to do. So wonderful. There you go. Well, bye. Goodbye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, dear listener, do you enjoy listening to us ramble incoherently about Canadian politics and history? Boy, do we have a special fucking treat for you. We've got our first ever official live show at a bar. It's at Two Crows Brewing on uh, Brunswick Street in Halifax on Sunday, May the 26th at 8 p.m. And uh, if you go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, if you look at the banner at the top, it will take you to the tickets so that you can uh, book a ticket and come and spend some quality time. It is going to be a very intimate affair. There are like only about 50 tickets available. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to drink a lot. We're going to quiz. Reese is going to quiz me at the end, but he's also going to quiz the audience and see if they know more than I do. And any alcohol you buy, Reese and I, we promise to drink it no matter how much it is. If you want to hold our hair while we bar from the plants outside of the bar, we'll do that for you. So go to CanadianPoliticsIsBoring.com, click the banner at the top, and on Sunday, May the 26th at Two Crows Brewing on Brunswick Street, we will see you there. 